for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. how far from good this is. Like, if good was a person, this would be their evil doppelganger with an overly grim goatee who's wearing a turtleneck even though it's in the middle of summer. Never trust a twin that mysteriously shows up out of nowhere sporting a goatee. I'm rambling. Okay, calm down. Take a second, Hannah. Since I'm clearly not going to be able to stop her anytime soon... (laughs) 
Let me explain what exactly you've just walked into here, dear listener. Spoiler alert! It's crows. It's the flipping crows again! That doesn't really clear up anything at all, does it, Hannah? All right, all right. Trying to calm down is hard while zombie me charges full speed ahead toward impending disaster. But I'll try for the good of both of us. As the great Jack Nicholson might have said in a movie that has, without a doubt, gone unreferenced since uh, the beginning of the apocalypse, Goosefraba. Goosefraba. <sighs> okay, I can concede that movies in the 2000s were kind of weird. Anyway, back to the crows. I don't know if you know this, but crows are incredibly intelligent creatures. They're cunning little kleptomaniacs with really long memories. When I was a little girl, my mom actually showed me how to befriend them. All it takes is a few shiny baubles and regular food offerings. Not only will they remember, but they'll actually bring gifts in return. Before you know it, you're working your way into their complex social dynamic. And once you're a part of the murder, you're in for life. Kind of like a bird mafia. You know, you become family. No, seriously, they even teach their, um, crow babies? Oh wait, that's not right. Uh, they're murder chicks. Um, fledgling klepto offspring? Whatever, they teach their young to love you. Turns out, crows are not above letting you buy their affection. Conversely, if you make them angry, say if you steal from them or if you hurt them, well, let's just say they'll remember that too. And their hatred for you will be passed down for generations to come. You essentially become public enemy number one. Come to think of it, humans might actually have more in common with crows than I thought. Uh, anyway, that's a topic for when I'm not running through the forest as fast as these tired pink chucks can take me. Especially since I haven't quite mastered teaching zombie me to lace them back up yet. Like I was saying, if you cross those little devils, well, they can be real buggers to people they don't like. And as it turns out, to zombies they don't like. Sometimes they fly down and just peck at us or dive bomb us without warning. Which pretty much just sets her off because, of course, somehow, zombie me and the entire crow horde are in some sort of mutual blood feud. Today, though, they raise the rivalry to new heights. Do you remember that deflated old balloon she really likes? One that was hanging on the telephone pole over Garside? Well, they took it. Honestly, I've never seen anything hold her attention like this. Well, except maybe that balloon. She's so focused. She's so angry. (sighs) Which means, listener, that you and I are both along for the ride until either they drop that balloon or she gets herself some crow du jour. Which is why I suspect that it was hard for me to calm down just now. Thanks for sticking with me through that, by the way. You remember how I was saying sometimes I can get her to do things? You know, influence her a little bit? As it turns out, it's uh, a two-way street. And sometimes her feelings gurgle back up the proverbial pipe to me, too. So now you see why this is very not good. One of the things that makes zombies so dangerous is that, as far as I know, we don't actually get tired. We'd chase you for days if we had the attention span to do so. Fortunately for mankind, we're easily tricked, and trust me, we hate that. So technically, this could go on indefinitely. 
Wait a second. Is she stopping? Oh, I've never been so grateful for a short attention span in my entire life. Yes! She's totally lost track of them. Ha! Take that, zombie me. Crows win again. Which is also a win for Hannah. Huge bonus. I will never, ever have to deal with her scrambling after that stupid balloon again. <sighs> now, maybe we can get back to... No, 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 no. This just went from bad to good to way worse. Please don't tell me that was for us. Please, 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 please. Do you remember that sound I told you about before? You know, the one that the robots make? That was it. Okay, just, just stay still, Hannah. Listen for the next one before you move. Do this for me, girl, please. Just hold on. It's for the crows! Oh, they're after the crows! Oh, we're not in their territory. Oh, at least not yet. But we are so close. And we're running again. Back from whence we came, at least. Oh, I guess it's probably pretty safe to say that zombie me has a memory similar to those damn birds. Oh, uh, sorry for the cursing. What I mean to say is that I guess she remembers that sound and what it means, because she's really not having any of it. It's actually wild. I only just realized that this is the closest that she's ever come back to where it happened. You know, to where we lost the others? Wait, does that mean she... Does that mean she remembers? Wait, hold on a minute. This is a really weird, kind of difficult revelation that I'm not exactly sure how to process, so just go with me for a moment while I walk through this out loud. Or, you know what I mean. I've been bored out of my actual mind for what amounts to literal decades. Most days the only thing on my schedule, besides a front row seat to the world's loneliest zombie show, is, well, analyzing and dissecting the plot of the world's loneliest zombie show. I thought I knew everything there was to know about our leading lady. I guess I'd kind of just gotten comfortable with her habits and routine. Like, she was just a big, messy, pigeon-eating dog. I know that she likes being happy. She kind of has these learned behaviors that she repeats over and over with gaps in between, filled by pure instinct, like a wild animal. She's never, not once, shown signs that she remembers anything. That she still feels things, you know? Beyond instant gratification, like the balloon. Until now, she's... is... is she afraid? Kelly reporting in. Again. I reported more in the last couple days than I have in months. <laughs> ah, whatever. Dear Diary, close call taking that Sarnia off route. I'm not going to bag myself on making the route shift. There's no way to tell that I'd find what I found out there. And long story short, ran into a gang of scavers set up around the outskirts of Detroit. Like I said before, normally wouldn't have taken the long way around, but I'm glad I did. At least so that we can mark the hazard. You know, not a lot of difference between these types and the raiders these days. 
It used to be there was, you know. Scaver clans were usually the first to set up the founding of new settlements. They'd band together out of necessity mostly, and families of scroungers and salvagers grouping up to make a living in between kill zones, trading their finds to whoever they came across out there. As a rule, scavers are usually nomadic, but more and more we're seeing them settling areas that aren't the kind of hospitable ground a successful clan would normally put stakes at, so eh, it's probably safer to say they're bunkering in. As it turns out, most of these clans were only a few weapons away from realizing that, you know, taking what they need is an easier life than sifting through a bunch of ruins for artifacts. Eh, They just got tired. It's not an easy life, pulling your family around to peddle scraps to the settlements. Ah, still though, not sure if that's worth giving up your humanity for. You know, something changes in you when you come to terms with how much a human life's worth. Grim topic for a cloudy morning, I know. Well, the specifics might just turn that around. At least, I found it pretty fucking funny. So there I was, in high gear, banking off some debris for fun, when I popped over a broken overpass and almost ran straight over their lookout. A guy would have been windshield paced if not for my excellent... No, 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 no. Supernatural reflexes. See, he was armed with an old rifle, and I'm pretty sure he might have taken a shot at yours truly if I hadn't, well, (laughs) caught him in a a compromising position. (laughs) Yeah, he was squatting over, pants around his ankles, and leaning hard on said rifle for support. (laughs) So an off-route land spinner was the last thing he'd expect to deal with while trying to pass his morning shit. Oh, scared him enough that he lost his balance. It took a good tumble, too. <laughs> Last glimpse I got of him was rolling around on the ground half-naked trying to get a bead on me. Oh, really wish the window slid down on this thing. Would have loved to add literal insult to injury. <laughs> Here's to missed opportunities. <sighs> anyway, that's the report. Detroit's even less safe now way too far away from the Golden Gate for us to do anything about it. Maybe we can get a hold of Ann Arbor and see if they have the manpower to spare? I doubt they can manage it militarily. Who knows, maybe they can figure things out. More settlements, less raiders. It's the only way we get to move past this post-apocalypse as a species. Uh, Callie, signing off. Hello, listener. It seems no matter how many years go by and how well we think we know ourselves, well, I suppose there's always something more to learn, isn't there? If there is any peace or understanding to be gathered from the bounty of that dusty harvest for Hannah, let's just hope that we're still here to see it. Apocalypse has been brought to you by Red Fathom Entertainment and stars Amanda Hufford as Hannah and Abigail Turner as Callie. This episode was written and sound designed by Damien Sidlow with sensitivity reading and editing by Mac Shepard. We'd love it if you'd stop by and show us some love with maybe a follow on socials. You can find us on Twitter at Hanapoctical and now on Instagram for the first time as Red Fathom Ent. 
If you like what you hear so far and would like to support the show, as well as other future productions like it, you can be one of the first to do so by visiting Red Fathom over on Patreon. Patreon is, of course, a service that allows you to pitch a few bucks to us monthly to help keep this show going. Every dollar goes to paying our talent and improving the show, helping us bring stories like this one out from post-apocalyptia and straight into your ear holes. Enough of that, though. Until next time, listener. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Welcome to the Strata. There's two of them following me. I know that for sure. Hand over the package and we'll let you go. You'll let me go? Oh, that's cute. The first bullet hits me in the chest, sends me staggering back a step. All right, you assholes. Let's go! Move it! Yeah, run! That's it! And spread the word! Don't mess with rust! Ever! Anyone who tries is gonna... Oh, forget it. The Strata. In a dystopian city, an aging courier is forced to go into business with an underworld ganglord in order to pay for the treatment that keeps him alive. Check out The Strata anywhere you listen to podcasts.